Welcome to From the View Box with Hal and Chris. This is the podcast of the UMass Medical School Department of Radiology. My name is Hal Lowe from the Division of Emergency Radiology. And I am Christopher Cernelia from Musculoskeletal Imaging. Welcome back to From the View Box. Uh, today, we welcome back uh, one of our favorite uh, guests, Dr. Carolyn DeBenedictus, who uh, uh, is a faculty member in our breast imaging division. Uh, but more importantly for today, uh, she's uh, our vice chair of education at UMass uh, Medical School uh, Radiology. And she's also the uh, residency program director for the radiology residency in our department. Welcome, Carolyn. Thank you for having me back. So today, uh, our topic is uh, applying to radiology residency, uh, sort of pearls and pitfalls. Um, And we're targeting this uh, episode to all those medical students who are considering radiology uh, as a a future career, as a residency choice. Uh, And I think uh, Carolyn, given her many years as a program director uh, at our residency, will have quite a few insights for us and hopefully will will help all of our uh, listeners who are interested. Okay, let's dive right into it. Uh, Carolyn, um, let's say I'm a a medical student considering radiology as a a residency and a potential career. First things first, what rotations do I need to do while I'm in medical school as as a medical student? All right. That's a great question because I think the biggest misconception about applying to radiology is that radiology rotations are the most important thing you need to do. And yes, you should definitely do at least one radiology rotation to make sure it's what you want to do as a career and to see what a radiologist does day to day. However, in terms of admission to radiology residency program, it's probably one of the last um, evaluations I look at for a a medical student applying in radiology. What you really need to do are the core rotations and you need to do them really well. In radiology, you need to know everything about everything. And you need clinical knowledge from medicine, surgery, OB, peds, neurology, et cetera, in order to be a good radiologist. You also have to know how to provide good patient care. And the way you learn that in medical school is not during your radiology rotation. It's during your core clerkships. So the most important things I look for are people that did well on their core clerkships, um, especially medicine and surgery, because that plays such a huge role in radiology and you need a really strong basis in those in order to be a good radiologist. Then I make sure they do do a rotation in radiology. Um, so that I make sure they know what they're getting into. And sometimes if you're lucky enough, some schools like we offer at UMass have an advanced elective in radiology. And I look at that very strongly because I think it's really important to see how they do in an advanced elective because it will mimic how they perform as a first year resident. So I'd say those are the most important. That's great, Carolyn. Um, So first, before I even get into my questions, I want to thank you for for coming on and and talking to the medical students and focusing on some of their uh, concerns and questions, which, you know, they always have. Um, And you touched on one, which is rotations. That's one that often comes up. And I think you you certainly hammered that one home, which is, you know, being a good physician first and, and providing good care. And the best way to kind of assess that is through, you know, their core rotations and understanding, you know, the breadth of knowledge that's needed. Um, I think that sometimes, you know, that's not exactly what students um, 
you know, think about and you're thinking about, you know, let me do two or three different radiology rotations and just highlight that. And, and um, so that was great to hear. I think the other thing that is always on top of, of the of students' minds is, is boards, right? And mm-hmm. I know we deal with that a lot in our first and second year classes and courses and trying to get away from the, the board's uh, uh, mania, if you will. Um, but something that always comes up is our, our board scores, what is needed, what, you know, can you maybe touch on that and some of the changes that have happened recently? Absolutely. Absolutely. So traditionally, and if you look today, actually, um, the American Association of Women in Radiology just released a, you know, what are the average scores people have and and how to apply in radiology sort of thing. And I'm going to give you a number, but it's very important to understand when I give you the average board score of people who get into, who apply, I should say, who apply to radiology residencies, that there are people with scores much lower than this, and there are people with scores higher than this. So this is just an average, and, and, and we'll talk more about it. But the average board score is a 240. Now let's talk about that score. Does that mean if you have a 240, you're definitely going to match into radiology? No. Does that mean if you have a 220, you're not going to match into radiology? No. And I think it's really important that that is just an average of everybody that gets into radiology. So what does it mean? It means yes. Your board score should be a little above average to apply to radiology, okay? So, you know, I always say if you have a board score of a 220 or higher and you did really well on all your clinical rotations, you're a motivated student, you've done some research, you have a great MSPE, you're going to be fine. Does it mean you're going to match into the number one radiology program in the country? No. But Plenty of us didn't go to the number one radiology program in the country, and we're excellent radiologists. So I think it's important to remember that just because you see an average of 240, that doesn't mean that's what you need to get into radiology. Yes, if you failed your boards, if your board scores are barely passing, matching into radiology is going to be more difficult for you, and you need to sit with a trusted radiologist, maybe the program director at your institution or someone like that or the medical student education director in radiology and have a serious talk about your full application with that maybe lower than expected board score. But I think if you're a 220 or above, you really don't have much to worry about as long as the rest of your transcripts are fine. And again, if you're below a 220, it's important to sit down with somebody who's knowledgeable in radiology and look at yourself as the whole picture because that might not mean you can't apply. Because maybe you're a PhD who has a ton of publications or your grades were really great in your clinical rotations. There's a lot more to an applicant than a board score. And I think what Chris touched upon is soon there's going to be way more to an applicant than its board score because board scores really aren't going to exist in about another year. So this is going to be one of the last years that um, we see board scores as numbers. And the USMLE is moving toward just a pass-fail on step one. So to me, that means you really need to make sure the rest of your application looks great to differentiate you from everyone else. Because now a board score of 250, I'm not going to know that. All I'm going to see is pass. And someone who got a 220 is going to have the same board score as you on paper. So It's really important to focus on these other things, which I personally think can tell you more about an applicant than just their board scores. Now, board scores tell us a lot about if they can pass the radiology boards, um, you know, because if you struggle to pass the USMLE, you're going to struggle to pass the 
radiology boards. But again, notice I say pass. I didn't say you need a 250. So I think it's really important with the changes if you're not applying this year, but are applying in a future year with the changes in the USMLE scoring system to really focus on your clinical rotations and focus on all the things you do outside of your boards. Yeah, Carolyn, that's that's really, I think, helpful uh, for the students to hear. I think, you know, a few things I pulled out of that was one is, you know, be realistic, um, but also, you know, reach out to, you know, trusted faculty members to, you know, find out what your unique circumstances are um, and that the trend is to try to, you know, to, to look at things more holistically um, and that, you know, as an applicant, provide a very well-rounded, you know, application. There's not, you're not just a number. Um, and that, you know, there's all these certain circumstances. So I, that's some really insightful and important information. Hopefully the, the students can get from that, from that comment. Thank you. Great. And, and that, yeah, that's, that's, again, I, I reiterate what uh, Chris just said, which is that, that that's a lot of inside information that it's, it's great to know. I'm sure for, um, much of our audience who's listening. Um, and just to follow up on that. Now you mentioned that, you know, in, in the near future, the actual number for your step one score will go away, which makes the rest of your application uh, presumably more, more important. So what about that rest of that, that application? What about things like uh, you know, research is particularly in radiology, let's say, or away rotations maybe to a, at a location at a desirable residency that you might be looking at? Uh, are, those, are those important and how important are those, uh, especially in the future going forward? Sure, definitely. That's a great question. And I will say, I personally believe the most important things that you can do for your application are things that give insight into the type of uh, physician you're going to be and the type of person you are to work with. So I always think your clinical grades, your MSP, and your letters of recommendation are some of the most important things of your application. That being said, research is great. You know, especially for competitive radiology, top tier radiology residency programs, you really should have some form of research if you're looking to be to match in a really, really competitive top tier program. And then if you're not looking to match into a top tier program, but maybe there's other parts of your application that aren't as competitive, research is a great way to, to boost that up. You know, showing you can do a great job on a research project or getting a publication in a great journal is wonderful. That being said, if you have a great application, you've got good board scores, you've got um, good rotation grades, you've got a good MSP, you've got good letters of recommendation, but research isn't your thing, you don't have to do it. It's always, a. I always call it the cherry on top of the Sunday of a perfect application. So if you've got your 245 board score, you've got your all honors or whatever the highest grade at your institution is on your clinical rotations, you've got glowing letters of recommendation. Nobody's not going to take you because you didn't do research, but that little cherry on top could maybe bump you up, you know, to a slightly more competitive residency program. Of course, if you're going to do research, make sure it's something that interests you and you do a good job because doing a crappy job on a research project that doesn't go anywhere or has somebody now think low of you really doesn't help you in the long run. <laughs> so definitely, if you're going to do it, do it because you want to do it or do it because you need it for your application and give it your all. Um, but no, it's not 100% necessary. Away rotations, I have mixed feelings on these. So there are some specialties, I know certain surgical subspecialties where you have to do an away rotation. They're called audition electives. Radiology doesn't quite work like that. I would say the majority of my medical students 
who have matched into radiology don't do away rotations. I would say, for example, in the last few years, I've probably had two or three total medical students do away rotations um, at institutions they've matched at. Um, so, and then I've had them, and, and actually I shouldn't say that because of those three students that did it, only one matched at the institution they did the away rotation at. So an away rotation I think is great if you're really not sure where you wanna go, if somebody told you a program's great and you wanna really verify it because it might be your first choice. But away rotations can also hurt you if you don't, I always say, bring it. If you're gonna do an away rotation, you need to bring it. You need to be amazing. You need to be a superstar. And that's hard on radiology. None of us ever glance over the fact that radiology rotations, especially general ones, not like our hands-on one, it's tough. You're observing. How do you show someone you're a superstar by observing? And it can be tough. You can ask interesting questions, be really attentive, be reading at night and asking questions that show evidence of that. But it's tough. So I think away rotations are a great way for you to get to know a program. They can be a good way for a program to get to know you if you really do a good job. And if you're going to do an array rotation, make sure you make arrangements to meet with the program director because nothing makes a really bad, um, a really bad introduction to you than for me to meet you on interview day and read that you did an away rotation at my institution and made zero effort to meet with me. Because then it makes me question, were you really interested in this program? So if you're gonna do an away rotation, pick one where you wanna learn more about the program, really be a shining star, read, ask interesting questions, be attentive, volunteer to, you know, to help with whatever they need help with, and then make sure you arrange to meet with the program director to really express your interest in the program. But no, they're not necessary. You will match into a great program whether you do an away rotation or not. Fantastic, that, that, is, that is great. That is great insight, Carolyn. And I think for all of our listeners uh, who are interested in thinking about radiology, we really, you really need to go back and listen to what, we, what was just said, uh, both about uh, research in a way rotation. So, you know, to me, it sounds like research, just as you say, cherry on top. It's great, especially if you do it well, but uh, not not required for every applicant into radiology. Yeah, if I think following up on that, too, is uh, what I also hear, Carolyn, is, you know, um, be sincere about it, right? You know, if you're really interested in, in, in research, then go for it. You know, you're going to be excited and passionate about it. Now, we talked about that in a separate podcast. Um, about, you know, residents and first year residents, but you know, that enthusiasm, if it's, you know, something you're really interested in, you're going to be enthusiastic and you're going to do it well. But if it's something you really, not all of us like to do research or researchers. So, um, you know, that, that's going to be more challenging for you to kind of really, you know, give it your hundred percent if it's something you don't like to do. So, um, that's, again, I think something helpful with, you know, touching base with the program director or, or a director or a faculty member you're, you're, um, connected with to kind of help you you know, with finding your passion and, and, and making your application be unique uh, to yourself. Um, speaking of unique, you know, we're in some unique times. Uh, you know, certainly we're, we're doing this um, in the past uh, few um, interviews we've been doing through our Zoom because we're in the middle of COVID here in the, the summer of 2020 for those who are listening to previous podcasts. Um, and so there are certainly unique uh, challenges that we've all uh, run into in every, everything that we do. But obviously, we're talking about medical students and, and applications. So, you know, for this upcoming year, the fall of, of 2020 and maybe in the future, 
Uh, what challenges are, are you seeing as far as you know, applications, um, you know, interviews uh, that are coming up, you know, in the not too distant future for you, Carolyn, both from yeah. your perspective and, and, and I guess the, uh, the student's perspective? Absolutely. It's definitely challenging. I mean, I think it's challenging from the student perspective. It's challenging from the program perspective. It's a challenging year. Um, I think there's the top, I would say there's four things that I think have really been severely affected by this. One, I think MSPE letters are going to be tough because a lot of medical students had their rotations cut short or they didn't have the normal patient volume they would have had. So it's really hard to be evaluated. So some of the MSPE letters with spring rotations might not be as great and robust as we're used to seeing. And I think program directors know this. We're all involved. You know, we, you know, I, I know Chris and I have talked about the fact that radiology rotations had to be virtual for the medical students. I know people that had to not be part of their outpatient medicine elective because of COVID. So we know this. So I don't want people to stress out about it, but it's definitely hard. And so what we'll do is we'll make sure that we look at all your previous rotations and we're not gonna just judge you based on the COVID times. We've all been through COVID together. We all know what those dates were. So, so that I see as, as, as one issue. The other issue is some people try to take their step too early to make up for a less than satisfactory step one score. But given the Prometric centers have been closed and then once they open back up, I'm sure everybody's gonna wanna take their step two at once. We realize some people aren't gonna be able to take their step two. So I think programs are gonna be more lenient. Some programs do require step two for application. And my guess is those programs are gonna make an exception this year. And then for those of you that don't have great board scores and didn't get a chance to take your step two, Again, we're going to be thinking about that. We all know it's one of our last years to even have step one scores. So it's a great time for us as program directors to practice doing a better holistic review of applicants and not just looking at step one scores. So I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. Granted, yes, would it benefit some of you guys if you got to get this great step two score to make up for a less than satisfactory step one, of course. But this is where you know, doing a great rotation over the summer and getting a great letter of recommendation or doing a research project or something like that can supplement for that lack of, of step two. You know, another thing we're seeing is going to be the um, interview. The interview is going to be tough this year. It's going to be virtual. I think the best thing programs and applicants can do is rehearse for them. Because you can still come across just as charming, just as knowledgeable, just as enthusiastic, just as great a candidate over Zoom as you can come across in person. But you need to practice. So I know here we're going to do mock interviews to help us with our interview day. And we're going to use our current applicants to do the mock interviews so they get a chance to practice. The other thing I recommend is rehearse on the platform. If you get an interview invitation that says you're using Zoom or Google Meet or WebEx, Practice, practice, practice. Call your sister, call your mother. I don't care who you call. Call someone on that platform and make sure you know how to adequately use that platform. And then I think the last challenge is going to be you guys getting to know a program you don't get to physically go to. And I think programs are thinking of this. I know our program and our um, GME office is providing a lot of videos, a lot of virtual experiences online. We're trying to do virtual meet and greets. Take advantage of all of this. Really use the web. Look at the program's websites. Don't be afraid to email programs with questions. Another thing, look at the current resident listing. 
reach out to some of the current residents, ask them what the program is like. You know, I think there's going to be a little more legwork than prior years. Prior years, you showed up to a dinner, you had a, a dinner and, a, and maybe a, a cocktail, you had fun talking to the residents, you got a, vi- a feeling for the vibe of the residency program, if you feel you fit in, and you didn't have to do any work. This year, you might have to do a little work. So don't, don't hesitate to email current residents. Don't hesitate to talk to people who previously graduated from these residency programs um, just to get a more feel of, is this program right for you? But overall, I still think it's going to be a successful um, admission season. And I think that, you know, I think my daughter's dance school said it the best. We're all in this together. We all have struggles from this. Um, and we all know what each other's been through because we've all been through it together. So you don't have to worry that somebody's going to lose it because you don't have a step two and you're not going to get in or, you know, things like that because we're all struggling right now. Right. COVID not a unique or regional <laughs> issue, right? We, we, no, we've all been through it. <laughs> so, so I think that's something that I think big picture, right? Now take a deep take breath. Uh, we've, we've all been through it. We've all had struggles. Um, you know, unfortunately, sometimes much bigger than application processes. And I think the people looking at those applications are quite aware. Um, and the other side of it is, you know, programs too, as a, as a student, as an applicant, you know, understand that the, 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 um, the programs are trying to do the same. We're trying to you know, get to know you and try to make um, you aware of everything that we are as, as programs. And I'm sure that's the case, you know, throughout the country. Um, but I think, and sometimes overused, you know, the idea of like, you know, a challenge, you know, and making it something positive. But I think here it absolutely is. Again, getting back to some of the other podcasts that you had, you'd come on and spoken to uh, about, you know, some of the good characteristics you want to see in first year residents of being motivated, um, you know, mature and, um, you know, enthusiastic. And I think it's an opportunity if you want to use that to, mm-hmm. you know, for the candidates to, Hey, reach out, right. You know, reach out to, to residents, reach out to the program directors, you know, um, take a little extra time and energy and that, you know, and that might be a way to, you know, to, to show your interest in, um, some of your maturity and, and those other qualities that, uh, programs are looking for. So, um, so really great, insightful, um, uh, comments that you had and hopefully very helpful for our listeners. Um, you know, moving forward through this, this year of uh, kind of somewhat unique uh, process. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyways, I wanted to thank you again, Carolyn. Um, really great talking to you again. Um, I hope you'll come back on uh, in the future for us with some more uh, medical student topics um, in radiology. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me. I would be delighted to visit anytime. And that concludes today's episode. Thank you for listening and supporting From the Viewbox. We've attached additional reading materials to the episode notes as provided by our guest. And please visit us at www.umassmed.edu backslash radiology. Thank you to our colleagues Charlene Barron, Tom Delaney, and Dan Ramsaran for their technical assistance. See you next time.